Welcome to Tuning In. I'm your host, Catherine Peloso-Smith, and I'm here to talk all things intuitive wellness, natural nutrition, raising the vibe, and reconnecting to your truest self. I'm a practicing holistic nutritionist and spiritual life coach who has completely transformed from feeling ill and disconnected to now living the healthiest, most vibrant life I could have ever imagined. I truly believe that by tuning into your mind, body, and soul as your magical gateway, you too can achieve higher levels of wellness and start living your most nourished life. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi guys, welcome to Tuning In, the ultimate intuitive lifestyle podcast. I want to start off today just by telling you how grateful I am for you, for listening, for allowing me the space to share my stories and my information and having this platform of whatever it is, whether that's one person that's actually listening or not, but it's really opened up a creative space for me. So I am super, super grateful for all of you who actually take the time to listen. I am so here for it and I'm not going anywhere. So get comfy. Today's episode is a really personal one and I want to take you down the sort of (laughs) rabbit hole of my past and how I healed my relationship with food. And this is a biggie because it was almost simultaneously like happening at the same time that I was becoming a nutritionist and I had dealt with these issues for so long that I had just kind of pushed in the background and didn't want to take a look at and in working with clients and noticing different areas that were a little bit stuck I realized there was a big piece to improving our health and wellness and it went far beyond the physical far beyond food far beyond the supplements and the lifestyle and the habits and all of those components that are so, so important when it comes to improving our health. But there was a big piece that was missing when I was coaching clients. And I realized it was a big piece that was missing for myself too. And we're going to dive into that today. But first, I want to say, little trigger warning, there is some talk today about disordered eating. So if that is not for you, if that is triggering for you, you do not want to listen, go on to the next one, or just be aware that uh, that topic will be talked about. I am not going into grave detail about my personal situation and exactly what was going on, but there is some general talk about it. So heads up. All right. Let's get into it. I want to start off by giving you a little background on my personality. And it is very much that of a perfectionist. So if you know me, I can get easily obsessed with things and having to make sure that I'm doing it right. I like to be in control, have it all together. I am a Virgo. (laughs) Hello. And if you know anything about Virgos, we are the epitome of perfectionism. So I started to show all of this with my healthy habits in my early teens. I wanted to know what the healthiest way to eat was, what exactly I should be doing to be the best, the healthiest, the fittest, the slimmest, all of those things. And it was such a trap for a young teenager because I was following all the wrong people. First of all, 
I was, you know, focusing on low fat and not worried about all the sugar I was consuming. I wasn't eating animal protein. Um, I was dealing with overeating and then very restrictive eating and back and forth and yo-yo diets. And this honestly went on for years. And it's something that still creeps up sometimes. I'm human, (laughs) but I'm at a point now where I can recognize when it's starting to creep in and it does not consume me. I know when things start to feel a little restrictive or I can get down on myself for like overindulging in something and right away I'm able to shut it down. Like, nope, we are not entertaining these thoughts. We are not believing in this and this is not who I am and this is not what I stand for. So I've come a really long way and I want to share exactly what I did with you guys so that you can know that, you know, you're not the only person. (laughs) First of all, if you're experiencing these two, there is not one woman that I have met. And now I know this applies to men also, but it's mostly women that are sharing this information with me. So there's not one woman that I've met that hasn't had at least one negative thought about food or how much they eat or good versus bad food or how they shouldn't be eating something or how they should stop eating altogether or feeling guilty for eating something. Everybody I know has had at least one thought like this and it makes me wonder like why? Why do we all have these types of thoughts? Where does this come from? Why does food hold so much power over us? And I will tell you, after all of the research that I've done, after all of the life experience that I've had, after working with my clients and after going through a spiritual awakening myself, after doing so much work and self-healing, I will tell you that it has absolutely nothing to do with food. It doesn't. Nothing to do with food. And everything to do with how we see ourselves, our relationship with food is based on our self-worth. It's based on our self-love, our self-acceptance, or lack thereof. (laughs) And it comes down to who we believe we are. It's our core thoughts and beliefs about ourselves. Whether or not we have a poor relationship with food all depends on our mindset. And now you might be thinking, you know, I don't choose to have this type of mindset. I don't choose to wake up and be upset with myself about the types of foods that I eat or confused or, you know, restrictive. It just shows up and it thinks for me. And you're completely right because this mindset is actually held in your subconscious mind. It is something that was created at one point in your life at a very young age when you decided something about yourself based off of a situation that you were in, you made a decision about who you were in that moment. You decided that you aren't worthy, that you aren't good enough, that you aren't deserving of love. And it's these thoughts that were programmed into your subconscious mind. And now, now in this time, whatever age you are now, you continue to live into them. You continue to find evidence for this being true and you use food as your crutch. So maybe you can think of an actual time in your childhood. You can think of this now, you can do a journal exercise about it later, but between the ages of zero and seven is when your subconscious mind is developed. 
So this is when you would have had some kind of incident that planted any one of those thoughts into your mind. Now, I'm going to give it like a really broad example here, but maybe you'll resonate with this a little bit. So just for example, let's just say there was a group of friends on the playground at school. They're playing a game and you went over to them and asked to play and they told you you couldn't play. In that moment, you decided something about yourself, probably that you aren't good enough to play with those kids (laughs) or something along those lines that you're not worthy enough or you're not cool enough or there's something that's wrong with you because they won't let you play with them. Fast forward to now, let's just say you see a group of people who are living the lifestyle that you want. Maybe they're super healthy and they're fit and they're slim and you know, they're doing all, they have all the things that you want, whatever that looks like. Immediately, your mind is going to go back to that young core memory of, I'm not good enough to play with them. So what do you do in those situations when you start to feel like you're not good enough, that you're not worthy enough, you're not deserving of their friendship? These are the moments where you will self-sabotage and food becomes that crutch. Now, this is just one situation, one example that I can give you. Everyone's situation is different. Now, eating food is also just one of these ways that we self-sabotage because food is a way that we are able to calm our nervous system. It releases dopamine and it increases serotonin and it helps feel good. It gives us that sense of security. It's like a nice big hug, right? When we need need a nice big hug. And There's so many other types of crutches out there, drugs, alcohol, shopping, sex, like all those things that boost that feel good chemical in the brain to justify or negate those initial feelings of not feeling good enough or feeling unworthy. And so the food is not the issue. It's not the shopping. It's not the drugs. The issue that needs to be shifted is the mindset. Now, (laughs) if we keep feeding a mindset that's keeping us down, keeping us low, you know, perpetuating those thoughts and beliefs, we're just going to continue to use food to self-soothe. So how did I snap out of it? This was such an aha moment for me in realizing that it's not the food, it's actually my mindset, and that this is how I'm going to help clients as well. This is how I snapped out of it. But first, I want to take a quick break to talk to you about my signature program, Back to Your Body. This is a 12-week discovery program that takes you along a specially curated wellness journey to design your ultimate intuitive lifestyle. It includes nine core modules that cover a variety of wellness topics, including digestion, stress, body movement, mindset, chakras, and more. Plus, there are eight bonus trainings that dive even deeper on topics you might be struggling with, such as burnout, your relationship with food, prioritizing and scheduling, syncing your cycle, and more. It includes 12 weeks of meal plan examples, over 400 recipes. There are endless resources such as guidebooks, meditations, body movement videos, and more to ensure you succeed. It also includes a jumpstart supplement package from a professional supplement line to help support your body through clearing the fog. Plus, you receive an additional 20% off any other supplements that you want or need for the entire year. There are also weekly live Q&A coaching sessions where you can ask me absolutely anything related to your wellness and goals. 
finally, and my favorite part, there are two coaching sessions with myself, one at the beginning and one at the end to ensure you are 10,000% getting what you want out of the program and absolutely nothing less. There is so much value in this program that I am even extending your access to the content for an extra month to make sure you get use out of everything. On top of all this, there is more. I have collaborated with the talented Sarah from Stretch Every Day to add gentle movement videos to your program and Melina from Curative Nature for a personal Reiki session to assist you on tuning in on an energetic level. If you are ready to get started, you can click the link in the show notes to apply now. There is no commitment necessary to apply. However, spots are limited and I want to ensure that everyone who joins is an absolute hell yes. If you are ready to finally create that lifestyle that works for you, this is your sign to jump all in. For more information or to set up a discovery call, please go to mindbodyspiritmama.com. Now back to the episode. Okay, what I did to snap out of it is I had to shift my mindset. And there were so many different things that I had to do in order to do this. But number one, the first thing I did was I went back into my past. I found the areas in my life that initiated this feeling of unworthiness and not feeling good enough. And I had to go way back in my memory bank from childhood, think of specific situations that prompted these thoughts. In those moments, I was using different modalities. I was using hypnosis. I did meditations. I did intuitive Reiki, different types of ways that open up my subconscious mind and allow for movement and flow to occur. So I use that with guidance from other uh, practitioners and things like that. And I went back to my younger self in those moments and accepted myself exactly for who I was in those moments. And it really allowed me to say to her, I love you. You are amazing exactly as you are. Just like pumping her up (laughs) and making my past self, that younger version of myself, see a new possibility. And I had to do this several times. It's not something that just is like a one and done situation. I actually do this every once in a while to go back and continue to heal and continue to strengthen these new pathways that I'm creating, these new thoughts and beliefs from that time in my life. That was the first step. It's a really, really big one. And it's not easy. It's uncomfortable to go back there. And it brings up a lot of emotions. (laughs) And it's really good. It's really cleansing. You know, do it on a full moon if you can and just get the full power of it all. (laughs) Okay. Number two, the next step that I took was using even more meditations and hypnosis, but also including journaling and affirmations to continue to rewire my neurological pathways and strengthen these new thoughts and beliefs about myself. So step one was going into the past, accepting myself and what happened and giving my younger self a big hug. And step two is choosing new thoughts and beliefs about myself 
and putting that into my current being now. So I use high vibe journaling. I use affirmations. I use meditations, hypnosis all the time. I journal every single morning using positive affirmations and incantations, declarations, whatever you want to call it as like a morning pump up (laughs) to like get myself going for the day. And every single day, these pathways get stronger and stronger. And that is something that I just continue to do over and over again. And the more I do it, the more real it feels. In the beginning, like it was so uncomfortable. It was so hard to say that I'm worthy of success or that I, you know, am worthy of feeling good and being healthy and putting in these affirmations in the beginning was like, oh my God, that's so weird because I'm so not used to talking to myself in that way. But the more that I do it, the more real it feels and it becomes ingrained as part of me. So now I do it and I'm like, yeah, baby, I am so like so worthy and I love myself and it just starts to feel really, really good. So if it feels weird at first, don't worry about it. Just keep going. (laughs) So that was the second step. And then through all of this, the third step for me was having to change what I was making food mean because I was putting way too much pressure on food in general. It was like the savior or something like that. It was like having to make me feel better. It had to heal me. It had to comfort me. It had to do all of these things to fix the situation to make me feel good. And I know I just needed to drop that. So the third part of this was changing what food meant. And part of that was releasing the good and bad around food. Because when I started to label some foods as good and some foods as bad, it made me feel like I was good or bad for eating those certain foods. And I was just putting too much worth on the food itself instead of how the foods were actually making me feel. So in this step, I turned to my body and I started to listen to what foods make me actually feel really good and which foods don't really make me feel very good. And I just started to focus on the ones that made me feel good when I ate them. (laughs) Like it was as simple as that. And as a nutritionist, I know that there are foods that carry more nutrient value and there are foods that are basically empty calories. And I know which foods are going to support healthy cells and hormonal function and digestion and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, food is food. And to me, it was way more important for me and my mindset and the health of my mind to focus on that than focusing on the very specific nutrients at the end of the day. So that's for me personally. And I do still understand that obviously we have certain goals and we want to be eating a healthy, balanced diet. So I look at it more as nourishing my body in a way that feels good rather than completely avoiding all the bad things. So I, you know, will eat pastries or whatever, but I know I will definitely, definitely not eat something if I know it's going to make me feel like shit afterwards. I won't do it because it's not, it's not worth it for me. Part of this process was I did food sensitivity testing. I did so much blood work and stool testing and on and on and on and on and on. 
But it wasn't really until I went through a discovery food plan when I had the chance to experiment exactly with what foods felt good in my body, which foods did not feel good in my body, that I was able to really back up these decisions that I was making, the decisions to eat something or not eat something, how much of it and when, and all these types of things. I was able to feel empowered as opposed to having someone else tell me, you know, you should be eating low fat or you should be doing keto or you should be intermittent fasting, like all those kinds of things. It's like, well, what feels good for me? What feels right for me? And then being in that empowered seat and tuning into my body, I was able to be so much more mindful when it came to how I was eating, what I was eating. And I realized how much influence this had over my eating habits. So when I was able to bring in this mindset piece with learning how my body functions, I was feeling the best that I have ever felt. And now that I'm in this space, now that I'm here, like I do, I never want to go back. I never want to go back to that feeling of, I just like, I can't even really describe it right now. But if you know what I'm thinking, where you have that voice in the back of your head, that's constantly like, should I be eating this? Should I not be eating this? And this is going to make me gain a pound. This is like so gross, or I shouldn't be having that. And you know, is this too much food? Is this not enough food? I'm just going to skip breakfast today. Like that voice in the back of your mind is so annoying and you just want to like shoot it like just go and now that it's gone so freeing and it is something that I want for all of you like I want everybody to be able to let go of that voice in their head that is just running the show constantly and I actually denied that part of my life for so long like I did not want to admit that I had disordered eating especially throughout holistic nutrition school (laughs) I wanted I was pretending as a control freak that I had it all together and I'm totally fine but it was happening in the background it was there it was running the show and I didn't even realize it and the fact that I realize it now has changed the entire game for me and I can show up completely different and support my clients completely different. I want you to know that the first step to actually healing your relationship with food is just recognizing that there's a voice there, that there's an issue to begin with. Being like, hey, yeah, this isn't working. (laughs) There's something there that's going on. And a lot of us are just in denial that that's happening or we think that we're like managing something But if you have to like manage it and dance around it, it's not working, right? It's just, it needs to be gone. So once you're able to just recognize that it's there, then you can go in and accept it for exactly what it is. Give your younger self that big hug. Tell yourself that you love her or him. And then you can start to do the work to heal your mindset. That's the third step. It's like accepting it for exactly what it is. And then you can begin to rewire those neural pathways and continue to do that. Because when we show up for ourselves every single day, our body starts to trust us again. And they're like, oh, okay, you know, Catherine likes herself. Catherine thinks she's worthy. So we're going to treat her the same way, right? Like she's showing up, so we're going to show up. And it's not easy. I do catch myself sometimes, but it's so much different now. And whenever I am in that situation, I just ask myself like, is this food worth it? Because I am worthy of nutritious food that tastes good and that makes me feel good. 
And like I said, like I'll eat pastries, I'll eat desserts, all that, you know, but not if I know that it's not going to make me feel good because I love myself too much for that. I honor my body way too much to do that. And I know my worth and I work so freaking hard every single day to live into that. So I know that you are worthy too. And I know how much you do love yourself deep down inside there. You do, and you want to show up for yourself every single day and continue to give yourself that love and acceptance and self-worth because it's there and you deserve it. You so, so, so deserve it. So you're not the only one. This is so common. And I honestly just want to be a space where you can feel comfortable to ask me any questions, to come to me for support for connections, for hypnosis or meditation or Reiki, things like that. I am here to support you through this journey of healing your relationship with food because if I can do it, you can do it too. And I know so many other people who have done it and continue to live into it every single day. Now, as a little bit of support, I have a meditation that I've created on healing your relationship with food. And I want to provide that for you today if you're interested, you can click the link in the show notes to access my free meditation on healing your relationship with food. Listen to it every day for 15 to 20 days. And I swear it will start to shift your mindset, rewire those neurological pathways into providing you with thoughts and beliefs that are in alignment with what you want. So go check that out. It's absolutely free. I want to gift that to you today because I love you and you love yourself. And if you found this episode helpful in any way, shape or form, please share it with someone that you love. Please like it or subscribe or follow and keep tuning in because I really, really am so grateful for you. Thank you so much for listening today. Do not forget to love yourself today and have an absolutely beautiful day. Bye.